What do you think of when you hear SEO? Well, I'll tell you what I immediately think of, and that is search engine optimization. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the power of SEO in helping you to create a profitable personal brand. People nowadays invest more time and money into proper SEO tactics to get more organic traffic to their website. Hands down, the most powerful tool to get organic exposure and more organic traffic within search engines is through using SEO. Using high-end, perfect SEO tactics, websites can enhance your visibility online while growing sales exponentially. And so today I'm interviewing a great guest who's going to share with us how to leverage SEO for our personal brand so that we can drive that organic traffic to our websites and get the engagement that we truly want to have, which will produce a profitable personal brand online. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Braden. So excited to be with you today because I have a very special guest to talk about something that's a little bit different than many of my other episodes, but I want you to expect these different types of topics being talked about. And so today we're going to have a guest to talk about SEO. Have you ever heard of SEO for search engine optimization. And what I really want to talk about is how can we leverage SEO and online digital marketing to really grow and scale our personal brands and our businesses. And this person is someone who is an expertise and I mean, an expert and someone who has the information we need to learn all about that. My guest today is Jason Berkowitz. Jason, since 2010, has been a prominent figure in the New York City SEO scene. Starting as a search engine optimization freelancer, he has successfully ranked his firm, which is SEO Services New York.org, at the top of the Google search results. As he has led the growth of his business and expanded his SEO company into a hybrid inbound marketing agency. And this is such an important topic, such an important topic that I just really want to kind of be quiet and let him talk and share. But because this is my podcast, I got to ask some questions. So Jason, welcome to the Maximize Your Brand podcast. Thank you, Marquis. Thanks so much for having, having awesome. me. Of so I gave I'll a brief you. little introduction okay. there. So you go right ahead and share a little bit more information about yourself. Yeah, so thanks for that. Like you said, I've been doing SEO for just about a decade now. Our, I started as a freelancer, and at the time, you kind of have to practice what you preach. So I launched, I think it was around 2012, SEO services New York.org, which is not our brand, it's not our agency right now, but more so acts as a lead gen site for us. Mm -hmm. 
uh, because it still has those rankings, but we are now officially break the web. Over the years, it's just been a nice natural transition when you start bringing in on help and you start bringing on people to help with execution. You're not really a freelancer anymore and you actually have yourself kind of a boutique agency. So that's where we are now, break the web. Biasly, we rock at SEO because I lead the SEO team, uh, but we also do PPC, content marketing, and other forms of inbound, but primarily SEO and PPC. Awesome. And so I really like that slogan uh, that you had on your website. You know, we don't just break the web. We uh, make uh, make it into smithereens or something like that. I'm Smash like, you know, many of us really just don't understand the whole concept of SEO and how to use it and how to leverage it and how that really works as pertains to really growing and scaling your business online. So let's just start with the whole idea. What is SEO and why do we need it? Well, SEO, like you said, search engine optimization is really the process and the execution strategy of giving Google's algorithms the metrics that I might use to rank a website highly for specific search queries. The specific processes and the strategies is both ambiguous as well as sometimes confusing, uh, but it's pretty much the whole entire process of telling Google that, hey, look at our website. Our website is super relevant or this URL is super relevant for this specific keyword. Our website and our content matches the intent of that keyword. So it would make sense for you to send your users to us and we're trustworthy. Other websites mention us. They link to our pages. They link to some other pages on our site. They mention our brand. So we're both relevant and trustworthy. And that's what Google uses. So we like to say relevancy plus trust equals authority or online domination. Relevancy plus trust equals authority or domination. Did y'all get that? You know, so we have to be relevant, but your relevancy uh, moves you into people trusting you so that you then can dominate your niche, dominate your industry, be the go-to person, as I like to say, for the particular problem that you solve. Now, some people, and I've heard this said before, and I've read a few articles here and there, that some people would say that SEO is dead. It's not as important anymore. Search engine optimization and using keywords and different things like that is not so important. What are your thoughts? The best thought, because I hear it all the time, and I've been hearing that since I started, and I started in 2010. It's been said every year before 2010. Um, nowadays, I kind of think of it as like natural selection. People that can't do SEO are kind of weaned out of the industry and more room for us. It's like any type of marketing, especially one that's algorithmic-based, where you don't 100% have control. You need to adapt. You need to evolve and go with the changes that are taking place that are beyond your control. Right. And that's why people think that SEO is dead because you don't have full control over the outcome. Mm -hmm. Again, this is algorithmic, algorithmic. but uh, there's a part of people that are just like, okay, there's new updates that keep coming out. We keep getting smashed. We're not gonna worry about it. SEO is dead. Let's just do paid advertising, paid advertising. There's another focus of people that say SEO is dead because Google uh, is, releasing SERP features or features on their search results page that have the potential to reduce the click of your website appearing there. So things like the box that appears right up at the top, we call it the featured snippet that gives you the answers to your question. And then sometimes there's the accordion, accordion style. People also ask when you click one, like six more are open back up. So these all have the potential to reduce the click of your website in organic search. 
leading to Google's goal of trying to sell more ad space. That's not entirely true. You can optimize for those spots as well with SEO. So yeah, SEO. To sum it up, SEO is not dead and it's, it's funny. So you keep talking about this whole idea of the algorithm, and we hear that a lot, whether you're dealing with Google or Facebook or many of the other social platforms. Talk a little bit about the algorithm and what does that mean to us who are small business owners and those of us who are really wanting to grow our brands online? So Google uses the algorithm to, again, determine relevancy and the quality of a result or a search query. There's not somebody behind the screen, uh, behind in Google's location and saying, okay, somebody type this in, let's go get them this. It's all done automatically by a computer programs, multiple, they probably have a couple. And our goal with SEO is to, of course, we don't know the deep secrets behind the algorithm, that's proprietary, but with countless testing and data collection, you're kind of able to see what Google wants and what they're aiming for. And you can actually transform that into your actual execution strategy or your marketing strategy to give your website the metrics that Google might find favorable to rank you higher. Wow. So it's all based on a rank. It's all based on you really wanting to use SEO and try to leverage the algorithm to be ranked higher. For the most part. Yeah. And it comes down to, again, the two main components, which is on-page SEO and off-page SEO. They each come in at a 50-50 split. So on-page SEO, again, is that relevancy factor, Mm -hmm. making sure that the content, the page, whatever your target is or whatever page is on your site, that it matches the intent. Understanding intent behind specific search queries is the most important thing. Why is somebody making a specific search query? Are they looking for answers? Are they looking to buy a question? Are they looking to buy a product? Are they asking a question? Are they looking to find the best dog shampoo and just don't know where to buy, where it's more like middle of the funnel? Matching your content to that intent of that keyword, of course, after you identify those keywords, is going to be the best thing. But again, you and your competitors can have awesome content. You and your competitors can match the intent. Uh, It's very subjective to say my content is better than the other person's content but that's where the links can come in also in the off-page SEO factor to bring in trust. I don't wanna say that quantity matters because it's actually more so about the quality of those links and those sites that are linking to you. But when you have more quality relevant links than your competitors, that's where uh, Google will see you as more trustworthy as well as the text of those links matter too. Is it natural or is it super spamming? Is all the links, the text, that uh, keyword that you wanna rank for, so uh, trying to keep things natural. So how important is it to be on page one or page two, page three? Are we always wanting when it comes to Google for the particular keyword and for the particular niche that we're in, always wanting to be on page one at the top of page one or really does it really matter? I'm so happy you asked because I don't get to say this joke as much as I used to. There's a little joke in the SEO community. Uh, we're nerds. Where's the best place to hide a dead body? On page two of Google. Oh. Uh, yeah. So uh, if that's any iteration, you know, there's a lot of public data available, not, um, but it's not reliable data 100% from Google, but a lot of third parties are able to use clickstream data, for example, to identify the click-through rate percentages 
of your position in Google. So if you're number one, you're going to get majority of the clicks. Number two, maybe it goes down to maybe 14. Uh, number two might get 14% uh, of the clicks. And then the, the click-through rate percentage gets down the lower you are on page one. Again, page two has a whole nother click-through rate, which is probably still considerably lower than the click-through rates on page one. So uh, if you want to get seen, kind of have to be where people are looking. And that's and nobody page, goes page one. Nobody goes to page. Do you go to page two? Usually I don't go to page two, you know, but I don't think that many of us think about it, right? Many of us, we're just happy to be online. We're just happy to get our website done. We're just happy to, you know, be able to tell somebody to go to suchandsuch.com, but we don't really think about really wanting to be on the first page. So in the second half of the interview, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how do you get on the first page? What type of keywords would you use? But I want to dig just a little bit deeper on, you know, how important is it for the entrepreneur, uh, the personal brand uh, business, the small business owner, how, how important it is, is it for us to know enough about search engine optimization? Or should we always be trying to hire somebody to do it for us? As a business owner myself, one of the best things, and this is actually moving away from SEO, but more so just business and management. Mm -hmm. If you do have the opportunity and the resources to delegate elsewhere, that's probably the most powerful thing you can do as a business owner. It, for me, the hardest thing was letting go of tasks that I thought I can be the only one to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And that simply isn't the case. You got to have trust in other people. And then delegating, the power of delegation could be the best thing. So with that, if you do have the bandwidth and the time to learn about SEO and execute on a full SEO strategy, which is a lot, <laughs> um, then by all means, absolutely. And again, if you do have, if you do have the time, right. if you do have the resources, the budget, and you guys are busy, then it probably would make sense to hire somebody, whether it's an agency, whether it's a freelancer, whether bringing someone junior in-house, and leading them on the right path where they need to go, that's the game changer. Mm -hmm. um, from a business owner perspective, uh, I've become a little bit passionate uh, about delegating, yeah. which is a very powerful thing. I actually like what you just said. I recently was challenged, as recent as last night, because I have been building my new website and really trying to get it done. And it's been several months. And so I got to the point last night where I was like, let me just email the web designer that I know and tell him, here's what I need done. I don't want to do any more of this. I'm just going to start sending it to the people who can get it done, and I don't have to worry about it. Instead of me trying to save a few dollars here and save a few dollars there, I could have had the website done seven months ago had I just delegated it. So that's great, great information. Yeah, uh, it's like it's an art delegation. Because then once you pass off to somebody, you have to also make sure that they have the resources and the knowledge to get done what you need done. Yeah. So that's oh. a much different conversation in itself. Yeah, yeah that was going to be my next question. So wh what are we looking for when it pertains to somebody who can help us with ranking and SEO and, and really helping us to get on that first page? What are we looking for in that person? I think a lot of it depends on, I guess, maybe your market. If you had the data in front of you, is your market really not that competitive? Hmm. If it's not, you don't need to 
get the full team. You don't need to go all out with it. Typically nowadays, the chances of you being the only one in a market that has demand is very, very low. So in my extremely biased answer, I'm going to say that's where an agency can come in. And there's a lot of different reasons why an agency could be better than a freelancer. There's a lot of different reasons why agencies can be more cost-effective than somebody in-house, as well as an agency that specializes kind of boutique style in a specific marketing vertical, like SEO or inbound, versus a full-service agency, which you can't be really good at everything. So um, I think that getting an agency probably is the best route. Of course, finding an agency that meets your budget, sometimes budgets might be low. And that's understandable, especially if you're just getting started. Mm-hmm. That's where a freelancer might be able to come in. I can't knock on freelancers. I was a freelancer for five years. And the thing was, my own bottleneck was that I couldn't do everything myself either. If I wanted to do on-page SEO strategy, which was great for signaling the relevancy signals, I wouldn't have the time and accessibility to build links and launch outreach campaigns. So there was a huge process that I couldn't even fill myself, which led me to bring on, at the time it was VAs to help with a little of my new tasks and then growing from there. So uh, depends on your budget, trying to squeeze the best bang for your buck. Uh, my only recommendation on that would be if you don't have to, don't make decisions based on price. Make decisions based on data and logic. That's really good. Don't make decisions based on price make decisions based on data and logic. So good. It goes against all of us. Our human nature is just to try to find the cheapest way to do things. But um, I've learned, we went through a rebrand ourselves and we redesigned our website and the process took almost a year because unfortunately we had that cognitive bias of trying to go the cheapest route, mm-hmm. not the best route. Yeah. I mean, and like you said earlier, it probably could have saved us a lot of time just by going the best time and money, going the best route initially. So as I'm thinking about my business, thinking about my annual budget, thinking about my sales, thinking about my goals for my brand and my business, how much in a percentage ways should I think about investing in something like SEO for my business? I think that's a much larger business type question Okay. that I don't feel comfortable uh, going for. Okay. But um, there's a great book I can recommend that actually we re, re, rework the way our finances work internally. Sure. It's called Profit First by yeah. Michael Kalowitz. Yeah. And that system allows you to really narrow in on your profit margins and other data, as well as making sure as a business owner, you end the year with uh, a really sweet deposit into your own personal account. Uh, but that system has changed the way we've done things, allowed us to really focus a lot more on our own margins. And when you do have pretty good margins, you're able to maybe not put all of that into profit, mm-hmm. still put some of the profit because profit's first, but then take a little bit of that and move that into a marketing budget, which you can bring on some help. And so I know we've been kind of talking about the whole idea of SEO and, and really leveraging that as it pertains to building business. Uh, what about social media platforms? And is, is that SEO heavy or keyword heavy or, or are you utilizing those type of platforms? Because I know like Facebook pages are ranked via on Google and I know LinkedIn and different things like that. Uh, where does that play? So a direct correlation of your social media presence, whether the amount you're posting, 
and just building them out is not 100% correlated into your organic visibility, okay. organic search visibility. Maybe an indirect factor, like maybe for example, Google has some deep inner working of their algorithm called the semantic web, which is not just Google, it's actually Google, Bing, Yahoo, uh, W3, which pretty much allows us to have internet. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much a collection of data and entities. And when you take the extra step to secure your brand online and build out your brand's entity as a whole, mm-hmm. who's the founders, who works there, where are you located, who do you serve, what's your website, your address, your phone number, really taking the extra steps to build out those entities for the semantic web can have uh, a bit of an indirect or small effect on SEO, especially mm-hmm. for searches related to your brand. But if you take these extra steps with social media and just post a lot of awesome content, that's great. People can visit your site and they might have an indirect value of time on site and maybe even share it around and give you some links too, mm-hmm. which then has an effect on SEO. Uh, but it's more so indirect versus being directly correlated. Cool. Well, that is the first half. Just kind of wanted to get some foundational things out of the way and, and just kind of ask some questions so that people kind of have an understanding of, of what this looks like for them. And the second half, after the commercial break, we really want to get some tips on how can we really leverage SEO and, and uh, keywords and different things like that to really grow our brands online so that we can be seen, be heard, and get paid. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. I want to invite you to schedule your brand maximization discovery session. Whether you're looking for more career or business opportunities, my discovery sessions will give you clarity around your gifts and a strategy to get to the next level. Personal branding is more important now than it has ever been. In today's economy, whether you're employed by a company or yourself, the competition is absolutely challenging. To be on the short list of people who come to mind when key opportunities arise, you have to stand out. And in order to do so and become top of mind for decision makers, you first must take control of your messaging and begin to articulate your value. In short, you must make a name for yourself. And I'm excited to show you how. So if you are interested in taking your personal brand to the next level and building a business around your expertise, skills, and abilities, I want to invite you to schedule your discovery session by going to markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. That's markeithbrayton.com forward slash consultation. All right, welcome back as we interview Jason Berkowitz and we're talking about search engine optimization and talking about how SEO really can help you to leverage and scale your brand online and how you can really use it um, for, for my purposes to share with you to be seen, be heard, and to get paid. And so Jason, I would like to just kind of get some tips on some things that people can start doing right now to really kind of start focusing on SEO for their business. They may already exist or they may want to get started. And so what are some things that we really need to start thinking about before we really, you know, kind of uh, revamp our websites or online presence or start a website? So if you decide to use SEO as a marketing strategy in your brand, the first part of it is the keyword strategy, the keyword research. What are you going to target? What are you going to try to optimize for? 
without that, you're pretty much just shooting fish in a barrel. You don't really know what's going on. You have no way of detecting if your actual efforts are working. Mm -hmm. So first, starting with keyword strategy. There's a lot of different ways to perform keyword research. There's some very easy, simple ways, but unfortunately don't provide as much data as a real, legit, good SEO campaign might require. Okay. Uh, but there are other tools that you can use as well to uh, get information and get keyword data that can drive. My favorite tools to use, um, unfortunately, these are both paid tools, but I'll go over some free or super cheap options in a moment, is SEMrush and Ahrefs. It's semrush.com and ahrefs.com. Those are both kind of SEO tools. They have a suite of a variety of tools to see how many backlinks a website might be going, maybe getting, as what keywords they might be ranking for already, as well as locate new opportunities and new keywords. And those are both very, very efficient. And they have tons and tons of training on how to do keyword research on their respective platforms. So mm -hmm. we don't need to dive into that. Uh, Google is another good keyword research tool. Just type in a search query, maybe see what, a search query that might be logical to you that you think you should be going for. See the auto-suggest what pops down under the search bar. Maybe scroll all the way to the bottom, see what's kind of the people are also searching for type bold. And if you just have maybe 10 or 20 bucks, a really neat tool that I like is called Keywords Everywhere, which mm -hmm. is a Chrome or Firefox extension. And you type in a search query, it gives you the search volume right there and then under the search bar, as well as a box on the right-hand side that uh, just gives a plethora of suggestions that are related as well. So those are not super in-depth. It's good for some quick research, but if you want in-depth keyword research, that's where Ahrefs and SEMrush can come in. And so you're talking terms that maybe some people may not fully understand. So when you talk about keywords, what does that mean uh, to the end user? So taking a step back, putting yourself in the mind of your target client, customer, uh, student, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. and saying, if you were in their shoes, and they were looking for your service or product that you had, but maybe didn't know of your product or service by name, what would you be typing into Google? And that's kind of what we ask our, our clients when we first start a partnership is we just want to hear from their eyes. In their eyes, what would be that first query that you might type in if you were looking for your service but didn't know you by name? And we can use that to get deep down the rabbit hole and see what other opportunities that are relevant that are probably more fruitful that exist. A lot of times we might have an idea in mind of a search keyword or a query that probably doesn't have much search volume, but you know, even just starting with keywords everywhere, you can use that to just kind of play around and see initially what opportunities exist. Uh, but also keep in mind the competition as well, okay. because we're very likely not going to be the only one doing SEO. So when you talk about the search volume of the keyword when you gave us those tools, what does it mean to really kind of study or to research out the search volume of those keywords? So it's pretty much the average times per month somebody might be typing in that query into Google. Okay. The higher the monthly search volume, the more valuable that keyword is, especially from a Google ads perspective, because that's where the cost per click, if you would do Google ads, tends to go up a little bit. So of course, we as business owners want to go for the big fish. We want the biggest keywords, but sometimes that's not also realistic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Google is showing a bunch of big name articles like a WebMD, Mayo, Mayo Clinic. You know, if you want to go for a health term, 
So probably not realistic to try and go for those search queries, but to find maybe the low hanging fruit, longer tail versions or longer tail keywords that might not have as much search volume that might be more realistic and more fruitful. It's also worth noting sometimes that the more in depth you get with a specific keyword, of course, the search volume will get lower and lower, but the intent and the conversion factor from that keyword is probably going to go higher and higher. Hmm. Interesting. So the, the, the lower the search per month of that keyword is an opportunity. Is that what you're saying? It's definitely an opportunity. And of course, again, it depends on the keyword specifically, but if you type in red corduroy pants with four buttons, you know, that's super specific probably not going to, it probably doesn't have any search volume, but you know that your chances of a, if you're number one or even in the top five, your conversion factor is going to go up significantly. Okay. Somebody clicking on your page or your product. And of course making a sale because the intent is very, very specific. Right. Right. So after I have identified my keywords and looked at the search volume, what would be the next step um, before I really, get this website up or revamp it. And an easy way of doing this would be trying to match the intent of your content. So okay. that keyword or that page, whatever page might be served up to understand intent. A really great tool that Lisa even uses again, Google search results, type in that keyword, see what Google is showing. Are they showing home pages? Are they showing services pages? Are they showing content pages like blog, blog articles? Are they showing PDFs, infographics? You know, the amount is endless. Mm-hmm. Try to understand what Google sees as being the most relevant type of page for that keyword. And then read up on your competitors. The competitors are a good source of information because they're probably doing a decent job of honing in on that intent, mm-hmm. trying to match that for your website, seeing what Google wants, and then trying your best to be the best at giving the answers. Because everyone's looking for answers on Google. It's so hard to say, but give the best answer. Yeah. So when you, you keep mentioning Google and there are these other search engines out there, should we be concerned about Yahoo or Safari or, you know, or should we just focus simply on Google? The unfortunate circumstance is that Google pretty much owns the market on search. Okay. And there have been many attempts to try to um, move them down but they, they're still the reigning king of it. Uh, Google Bing does actually bring in a lot of good traffic, but the algorithms are a little bit different. But typically, if you're ranking really well for Google, uh, Bing has similar algorithmic metrics. You will, in due time, typically rank in Bing as well, uh, closely related. Uh, but Google is typically, and unfortunately, their priority uh, because they do they pretty much have a monopoly on search. So Google is considered to be the number one, I guess, platform when it comes to a search. But I also hear information. That's where it all starts, right? right? I also hear that YouTube, which is owned by Google, would be number two. And we could leverage the same concepts and the same philosophies on YouTube as we would on Google. You should. Absolutely. Again, what is somebody searching for on YouTube? Keywords everywhere actually works on YouTube as well. Search volume. Um, But again, trying to have some awesome content that matches the intent, uh, trying to be uh, as 
clickbaitish as possible, but not not annoying with that clickbait. With that thumbnail, it has to be catchy. It has to grab someone's attention. The titles of the videos, again, clickbaitish, but not like we're all smart nowadays. We know what clickbait is. We know when something's like, all right, this is gonna be one of those too good to be true videos. Uh, so you might need to use a little bit of clickbait, um, but don't make it annoying. And okay. then, of course, answering the question, take advantage of all the features that YouTube has, the descriptions, the tags, the closed captions and scripts. And then you could even embed that YouTube video on your website. Maybe even go to rev.com and get a super cheap transcription of your, of your video. Mm-hmm. And you got a video piece on top and content on the bottom. That's what we do. That's good. You got your video. Because I I always encourage my clients and those who I'm coaching that the one thing that you could do if you could just get past yourself that is most beneficial, I say, is record a video. That's why I love to do my podcast via video. Because once you have that video, you have multiple things that you can do with just the one thing that you did. And so if you could start out with video, it is the the most valuable use of your time because you now you have content and now you talked about a little bit intentional content what does that look like or what are the means for that intentional content is it is blogging still great or video or podcasting you know what are your recommendations or all the above all the above i i think different types of people have different preferences mm-hmm. I'm a guy that some days I like to read long form pieces of content. Okay. Other days I'd rather just see that in a video. Sometimes I'm on a long road trip. And sometimes I'd rather just listen to a podcast, listen to a discussion. You know, you have the bigger podcasts that are outside of marketing, like Joe Rogan, for example, he has a two and a half hour podcast and you can find yourself listening to the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> and um, I think it depends on the specific medium and what you think your audience might prefer in terms of a specific media or the action. Uh, but yeah, trying to match the intent. You know, if you go into a specific topic, what are you going to be answering? Are you properly answering that? Are people going to walk away with value? That should be the goal. Great, great. So we've got keyword research. We've got intentional content. Is there a third layer? On-page optimization, yeah. The third and probably the most difficult is the off-page SEO. Getting some links, getting some relevant websites uh, to link back to you. Natural websites, Mm -hmm. not websites that are spam, but websites themselves that are favored by Google. Google Mm -hmm. is sending them traffic. Google is positioning them well. The process on how to go about that is a very, very big conversation. Um, But uh, one way you can do this is just think about PR. PR agencies, we, we love brands that also have a PR agency. Because they're, they're going out and getting some really good links. And the text of those links are usually the brand names, which is totally okay. Because then we can go in and get a little bit clever with the text of those links to be more keyword focused. And it's a really good blend. Some of our favorite clients and most successful clients are also using a PR agency separately. Okay. Wow. So I, here I am thinking, you know, who needs a PR agency anymore? But I guess since you said it, you know, it's a, it's a good partnership when you can have a... A SEO agency working for you and also with a PR. 
basically. Yeah, our, our approach to outreach and the way we build links is very similar to PR style in which we're trying to have an equal exchange of value. Okay. And that's the goal. If we give a publication something of value, whether it's a tip, whether it's a great piece of art, a great piece of content for their website, you know, there is a nice equal exchange of value there and that should be the goal. As opposed to saying, give me free stuff, give me free stuff, give me links, give me this, give me that. What are you going to give them? So the last question I'll ask you before we kind of have our rapid fire questions is, you know, where do ads fit into this concept as far as Google ads and, you know, people running Facebook ads or different things like that? Where does this work in the overall scheme of really growing your brand online? So like social media, there's no direct correlation in using Google ads or even any other type of Facebook ads into SEO. One of the things that we like to do, which is very unique, if the budget allows for our clients, is we might test keywords with Google ads first before throwing that into an SEO strategy. So we might throw a minimal budget into a specific keyword set or a keyword bucket and see what that looks like when we get those clicks. How are people converting? Does the content match the intent? And then if it seems to be fruitful, and of course the client's gonna wanna save money and not get a charge every single time somebody clicks and go the more organic SEO wrap. And that's more long-term and evergreen, theoretically. Um, that's a way of testing out keywords to see if it is fruitful for you with Google ads. But in terms of helping your SEO, again, like social media indirectly, maybe. Okay, cool, cool. Well, I appreciate you being a part of the podcast. And so we're just going to kind of shift into some of the rapid fire questions. And I know you have some questions that you often ask. And so I figured I'd use some of those uh, for this part. And so what do you see as the future of marketing SEO? I think more intent-based. Google's okay. A, trying to drive money to Google ads because they want mm-hmm. they want to make more money. Uh, but also a bit more intent focused and maybe even more entity focused with the semantic web, like we said before, build out those entities, you know, build out those brands, build out your own personal, if you're the face of the brand, build that out. So that's probably where I see it. I think the philosophies of SEO are geared towards the end goal, which is the complete semantic web, but we're not there yet, but that's the idea is for Google to be able to provide great, awesome answers to questions that match um, entities and they're using their database to drive those answers. Cool. What is, what do you consider to be the top or the number one bad practice of SEO? This one was actually discussing this morning uh, with a client because we have clients that come to us and say, we heard that you just have to publish more and more content Mm. to rank. And as we established throughout this entire podcast, it's a little bit more than that than just publishing more content. So understanding where your audience is, if you're targeting a local area, what is national content gonna do for you? Is it gonna bring in more customers into your store? Probably not, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't not post content. Uh, I think posting content and just writing as much as possible isn't the end all be all. It might fit in with a much larger picture, but yeah. And we'll see if this answer is Correlated to what I see on your your website here, what do you consider to be the most adventurous thing that you've done in your life? I just wonder if you already know the answer to this. Because <laughs> 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 there's nothing more adventurous than my stupid, stupid 
hobby, <laughs> which is skydiving. Skydiving. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, skydiving. I said that I actually want to try it one time. One time. How often do you go out to, to do that? Whenever the lady allows. <laughs> Whenever uh, I have time. It's, it's really interesting because skydiving is more of a freedom aspect. You know, you're, I'm a licensed skydiver, so I go out on my own. Okay. And that forces me to be in the moment. No matter what stressors I'm dealing with, business, personal, doesn't matter. You go out with some friends. And when you're falling out of a plane, you're on top of it. Your mind is where you are right there. And then there's, aside from the feeling of falling, uh, mm-hmm. there's a freedom aspect to it. And it's very nice. And of course, it's nice, nice. I go well, um, a couple times uh, a month. Okay. All right. Well, I know who to email and let them know, hey, I want to try it out one time. What are some tips on skydiving? <laughs> the tip for you is just enjoy it because you'll, you'll probably have somebody hopefully attached to you behind you and you just enjoy the ride. They take care of all the heavy lifting. Cool, cool. Well, Jason, I appreciate you being a part of Maximize Your Brand podcast. Why don't you let the people know how they can follow you, uh, get in touch with you if they need your services and, and just, yeah, share a little bit more about how they can connect. Yeah, you can just... Google us, Break the Web, visit breaktheweb.agency, social media, Jason underscore Burko, B-E-R-K-O. And yeah, just you have to practice what we preach. So Google us, Break the Web, Jason Berkowitz. Awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate everyone joining me today for this new episode of Maximize Your Brain with Markeith Brayden. I'm always trying to bring you new and exciting guests, people who have valuable content to share with you that can help you to really maximize and monetize your personal brand online. What I want to request from you is don't forget to go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review because I love to read those reviews. And of course, I would love to see your rating of this particular episode. And also, if you're interested in getting coaching around your personal brand, if you're interested in growing your visibility online, but you're not really sure where to start, I want to invite you to schedule a discovery session with me by going to my website to markeithbraden.com forward slash consultation. That's markeithbraden.com forward slash consultation. And we'll do a one hour discovery session where we can dig deep to really know what it is that you want to create and really give you some tips and strategies on how you can move forward in creating it so that you can maximize and monetize your personal brand online. I appreciate each of you joining me and we'll be right back here next Wednesday for another episode of Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Breen. Take care. 